This is, we're ready? Okay, here, here we go. It's Matt Gates versus Speaker Kevin McCarthy. The government needs a budget resolution by September 30th, or it all shuts down. Gates and McCarthy are at loggerheads. Some say the Republicans are fighting a civil war. It's a bloody civil war, just like the one back in 1861. The only difference is with this civil war, both sides are on the side of slavery. This is the mop-up for September 20th, 2023. I believe it is the last day of summer, and I'm David Feldman. I think today is the last day of summer. The earth is moving around the sun faster and faster. The days are getting shorter, and so are the years. Time is of the essence, so make sure you tell the people in your life how much you hate them. I can't tell you the number of friends and relatives who are no longer with us. And when I think of them, I kick myself for not picking up the phone when I had a chance to make sure they knew how much I detest them. I have a correction. Yesterday, I reported Rudy Giuliani as being sued by his attorney and friend for unpaid legal fees. Robert Costello, Rudy's longtime friend, took Rudy to court on Monday demanding to be paid for the legal services he provided America's mayor during the past four years. I incorrectly stated that America's mayor owed Costello $1.4 million. I was incorrect. Rudy owes $1,390,000, not $1.4 million, to his lawyer and friend, Robert Costello. It turns out, and I didn't know this, that after Donald Trump hosted at his Bedminster, New Jersey country club, that big $100,000 a plate fundraiser for Rudy back on September 14th, I'm not making this up. I didn't know this. Rudy was able to cut his friend and attorney a check for $10,000. So uh, I got the number wrong. It wasn't $1.4 million that he's being sued for. It's uh, $1,390,000. I apologize for getting that wrong because Rudy made $10,000 last week at that big $100,000 plate fundraiser at the Bedminster Country Club. $100,000 a plate, and all Rudy could send his lawyer was ten grand. That is what, one-tenth of a plate? After being told of Monday's lawsuit, Rudy issued the following statement. This is very touching. He said, I can't express how personally hurt I am by what Bob Costello has done. It's a real shame when lawyers do things like this. And all I will say is that his bill is way <laughs> in excess to anything approaching legitimate fees. Yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's sad. Rudy and Costello were good friends since the 70s. And then Rudy added, it's people like Costello who make it hard for the rest of us by giving lawyers a good name. Rudy. 
Rudy Can Fail, I think is the Clash song, I believe. Section 3 of the 14th Amendment prohibits any office holder who swore an oath to uphold the Constitution and then participated in an insurrection from ever running for office again. Democrats around the country are beginning to sue Secretary of States, citing the 14th Amendment's insurrection clause in order to keep Donald Trump's name off the ballot, not just for the general election, but for the Republican primaries in those states as well. The first lawsuit of this kind was filed in Colorado, where that state's new Democratic Secretary of State signaled she wants to remove Trump's name from the ballot, not just in the general election, but for the primary as well, the Colorado primary. On Tuesday, Sarah B. Wallace, she's a district court judge for Colorado's 2nd Judicial District, said she will decide sometime before Thanksgiving whether or not she's going to rule in favor of the plaintiffs who want the Secretary of State to remove Trump's name from the ballot. Judge Wallace acknowledged that her decision must be expedited since it will be appealed and taken to the state Supreme Court and then ultimately the United States Supreme Court. And it all has to be done before January 5th, 2024, when Colorado's ballot is finalized. This is former Justice Department official Jeffrey Clark in his underwear. That's how he answered the door in his underwear when the federal government served a warrant to search his premises to seize electronic evidence implicating him in the role he played assisting former President Donald Trump in trying to steal the 2020 presidential election. Jeffrey Clark, seen here in his underwear, was among the 19 Trump associates indicted for racketeering last month down in Fulton County, Georgia, where he has now been arguing to have his case severed from his co-defendants and moved into a federal courtroom. On Monday, U.S. District Judge Steve Jones presided over an evidentiary hearing. This was a hearing before he will decide whether he will allow Clark's case to be moved out of Fulton County and into a federal courtroom. Earlier this month, Judge Jones rejected a similar motion made by Trump's former chief of staff, Mark Meadows. Jeffrey Clark, seen here in his underwear, uh, uh, who Trump was hoping to appoint as his acting attorney general in the final days of his administration, so Clark would prosecute Democrats for non-existent election fraud, he did not appear at the hearing on Monday, which, according to observers, seemed to have disturbed the judge, whose line of questioning directed towards Clark's attorney seemed pointed and skeptical. Now, Trump's attorney, Steve Sato, was in the courtroom observing since he might be making the same argument before the same judge on behalf of Donald Trump. Trump is thinking of getting his case his trial severed and moved into a federal courtroom. At one point, the judge's questioning directed at Clark's attorney appeared so dismissive that Trump's attorney, 
Steve Sato, reportedly turned to his associate and whispered audibly, this is not good. This is not good. Also not good for Trump is Jeffrey Clark's attorney indicating during Monday's evidentiary hearing that Clark in most likelihood will either flip or give exculpatory testimony insisting that he is innocent since all his attempts to convince Georgia officials of election fraud were ordered by Donald Trump. That's huge. That's tantamount to flipping if Jeffrey Clark says, every phone call I made, every memo I wrote was on the orders of Donald Trump. Monday's hearing seems to indicate that Jeffrey Clark is going to insist that he was following Trump's orders and that this is a big, big blow to Trump's defense since Trump and his attorney, Steve Sato, are reportedly going to make the argument that Trump is the victim in all this of bad lawyering. Trump is reportedly going to claim that his lawyers led him to believe that election fraud in Georgia was real. But if Jeffrey Clark says he was ordered by Trump to claim voter fraud, well, as Trump's attorney, Steve Sato, whispered, this is not good for Trump. They're trying to establish the state of mind. If you establish state of mind, you establish criminal intent. So did Trump know that he was lying or was he fed lies by his lawyers? Trump is going to claim that he was led to believe that there was election fraud in Georgia, and he's going to blame it on his lawyers. And his lawyers are going to say, we were ordered by Donald Trump to claim election fraud. Here's some good news for Trump, and you better sit down for this or maybe curl up into a fetal position and give up. I saw this today and I thought, why even bother getting out of bed in the morning? Donald Trump's popularity among blacks and Hispanics is at an all-time high, not just for Trump, but for the Republican Party. According to the Washington Post, an average of five highly respected polls shows Trump when, in a head-to-head matchup with Joe Biden, gets 20% of black voters and 42% of Hispanic voters. Yes, I read that seven times. I read that sentence seven times. In a head-to-head matchup with Joe Biden, right now, an average of five highly respected polls say that in a head-to-head matchup with Joe Biden, Donald Trump gets 20% of black voters and 42% of Hispanic voters. In 2020, it is estimated that Trump only received 8% of the black vote and 36% of the Hispanic vote. The Washington Post says that during the past 50 years, the average Republican presidential candidate has received 9% of the black vote with no Republican candidate ever coming close to 20% of the black vote, which Trump is currently polling at. I've lost the will to live. 20% of 
black people say they're going to vote for Donald Trump? Trump, this is depressing. Trump is the family member who, like, you're the first one to recognize is a sociopath. And no matter how many times you tell everyone in your family, like, stay away from this guy at Thanksgiving. Don't let anybody be alone with him. Don't let him invest your money. He's dangerous. They refuse to believe you. And then you take a deep breath. You say, all right, I'm going to give it time. And, uh, you know, the universe reveals the truth. Donald Trump will show his hand to everyone. And eventually he does, right? You know, Donald Trump is the family member sociopath who eventually shows his hand and everybody says, yeah, you were right. We didn't see it. You saw it. He's uh, he's a sociopath. And at least half of your family still loves him anyway. They still invite him to Thanksgiving. They find him amusing and harmless. Half your family, right? I, I have found this to be the truth. You know, you raise a red flag about somebody in the family and they finally come around and they all agree. Yeah, you're right. This this cousin is dangerous, but come on. It's Passover. He can't be alone. Half, half the family knows he's a sociopath because half your family is sociopaths. Half of everybody's family is sociopathic. It's just astounding that this guy is still in the game. I mean, we found out on Monday, according to ABC News, that Trump was taking classified documents, turning them over. They were marked classified. And then he would just turn them over and write to-do notes for his assistant. According to ABC News, Trump used classified documents as scrap paper, you know, and probably to clean his teeth, uh, paper train Don Jr. And, and then he would scribble on the back of these documents with lists of things his assistant needed to run down to the store and buy for him. And you think, okay, this automatically disqualifies Donald Trump. Forget the insurrection. Just using classified documents, uh, the back of them for a to-do list, that would automatically... No, no, no. Half this country is thinking, F those classified documents including half of me, half of me is thinking, F those classified documents. I, I, I mean, were they really classified? I mean, I want to get rid. I want Trump locked up. But were they really classified documents? You mean to tell me that CIA, the NSA, high level intelligence staffers who all swore an oath to uphold the Constitution and protect the United States from enemies, foreign and domestic were irresponsible enough to hand over to Donald Trump actionable intelligence. Does anybody really believe that somebody from the CIA would give Donald Trump an actionable war plan? They must have been giving him like 100-year-old documents, like war plans. You know, this is this is the, the, the war plan for Iran, and it's really, you know, the invasion plans for the Weimar Republic that they drew up and never used in the uh, 1920s. Well, I just don't think they ever gave him real documents. And I think that's why he wrote on the back of them, 
He knew he wasn't being trusted with anything. So he didn't want to return the fake classified documents. That's what I think. But I also think he should be tried for treason. And I think you all know what the punishment is for treason. Look it up. Well, I am depressed. Uh, I'm depressed that black people, 20% of black people, are <laughs> say they're going to vote for Trump unless they all got together, had a meeting, and decided to mess with my head. That is conceivable. And then, you know, this classified document story, the fact that, like, Republicans aren't saying, okay, he's done. No, he's still going. I don't like Chris Christie. But and the worst part of the report is not believe it or not, in my mind, the to-do list on the back of classified documents. The worst is when he called that assistant, when she was going to go before the grand jury and said, you don't know anything about my boxes, my boxes of documents. I mean, that is active witness tampering. That's active obstruction of justice. Not a fan of Chris Christie, but he's the only Republican who's running for office who makes... I mean, makes me think maybe the world isn't upside down. He's resembling something like like sanity inside the Republican Party. Uh, please continue. Former U.S. prosecutor uh, Chris Christie. And this case um, will be tried. Um, and this is the guy that we want to make our nominee we this is the person we think can beat Joe Biden. He's going to be spending most of March, all of March and most of April in a federal courthouse in Washington, D.C., defending himself rather than being out on the trail, taking it to Joe Biden. I don't know. Maybe if I were a billionaire, I would look at Trump and think, oh, this is perfect. Put him in the White House. He won't be allowed to touch anything. He'll constantly be under supervision and investigation. He can't do any damage. And if he does, I'm a billionaire and I can just stay in Switzerland. Maybe that's what they're thinking. Maybe the, the people who run this country are thinking, yeah, it's good to have a compromised fool in the Oval. I don't know how he has been able to last this long without, I mean, he owns the Republican Party. How is this possible? The second Republican presidential debate is scheduled for September 27th at the Ronald Reagan Library. Earlier this week, uh, I had said it was on the 25th. I, I stand corrected. It's on the 27th of January. And so far, six Republican candidates have qualified for the debate. Donald Trump will not be there. Instead, he is planning counter-programming. He's going to go to Detroit that night and try to court the United Auto Workers, who on Wednesday entered day six of their strike against the big three automakers. So while the debate goes on, Trump, according to reports, is planning to deliver a primetime speech before auto workers in Detroit, outlining why he is better for them than Biden. But in order to make his case, or for Trump to make his case to auto workers, Trump must not only trash Joe Biden, but he has to trash the United Auto Workers leadership as well, which he's already accused of selling the union down the river by demanding things like health care and a livable wage. 
everyone knows those kind of things are job killers. So far, the UAW is the only big union that has yet to endorse Joe Biden. So the UAW is kind of tricking Trump into thinking, oh, maybe we'll endorse him. Many Democrats are urging Joe Biden to go to Detroit right now and march with the workers, something Bernie, as well as House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries, have already done. Be nice to see the president of the United States marching with the workers. Be nice to see an ex-president, ex-Democratic president like Bill Clinton or Obama marching with the Amazon labor union. Come on, what do you have to lose? Well, when told that Trump was courting the UAW vote, UAW President Sean Fain issued the following statement. He said, every fiber of our union is being poured into fighting the billionaire class and an economy that enriches people like Donald Trump at the expense of workers. That's Sean Fain. He's the uh, leader of the United Auto Workers who said, we're not endorsing Biden yet, but four more years of Donald Trump would be, quote unquote, catastrophic for the labor movement. He went on to say, this is Sean Fain, we can't keep electing billionaires and millionaires who don't have any understanding what it is like to live paycheck to paycheck and struggle to get by and expecting them to solve the problems of the working class. Well, there's a presidential election, and one of the people who will be at the debate at the Ronald Reagan Library is Tim Scott from South Carolina. He's running for president, and Tim Scott was asked how he, as president, would solve the UAW strike. I think Ronald Reagan gave us a, Ronald Reagan gave us a great example when federal employees decided there was a strike. Either you strike, you're fired. Simple concept to me. To the extent that we could use that once again, absolutely. So I don't know if you were able to hear that, but he was recalling how Ronald Reagan, I think it was Reagan's first year in office, he fired the air traffic controllers for going on strike. And now we have what? In the fewer than 6% of our private sector labor force is a member of a union. That's thanks to Reagan. So anyway, at a fundraiser in New York City on Tuesday, President Biden warned that the Republican Party is determined to destroy democracy. Biden told the donors, quote, let, let there be no question. Donald Trump and his MAGA Republicans are determined to destroy American democracy. And I will always defend, protect and fight for our democracy, unquote. Well, that's true. But if half the country wants to vote for Trump, can democracy be destroyed if people vote to destroy it. One of the dirty secrets about America is we're not a democracy. I think most of us know that we're a republic. And the really dirty, dark secret is this country was never too keen on majority rule. 
the myth of America is our founding fathers possessed a Madisonian mistrust of the mob. That sounds so civilized. A Madisonian mistrust of the mob. What they really mean by that is forget what most people want. The elites will decide. But you can't say that, so you call it a Madisonian mistrust of the mob. The myth is, you know, we're majority rule, but in the back of our minds, there's always a Madisonian mistrust of the mob. That's a lie. We, we our founding fathers, and this country doesn't have a Madisonian mistrust of the mob. We don't care, or at least our government doesn't care what most Americans want. Madison wrote the Constitution, and he didn't just warn us about the mob. He warned us about the majority. He, he tainted he, the, the majority with the, with the word mob, like the angry mob. He warned us about the majority. He had a, 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 an unhealthy mistrust of the majority, not the mob. He called most people the, the mob, right? And then when he wrote the Constitution, he made sure that it prevented majority rule. Baked into our system from the beginning is equating the majority with the mob, the angry mob who can never be trusted. It's why so much power is invested in the executive branch and the Supreme Court. The president is one third of our government. Another third are the nine justices who have their jobs for life. And if you'll notice, thanks to Marbury versus Madison, they pretty much decide what bills are constitutional and which bills are not. We have nine justices who decide Obamacare. You know, it gets passed, but it's up to the nine judges to decide if we can really have Obamacare, right? It's really in the hands of the nine justices who have jobs for life. That's not majority rule. That's nine justices. And the other third of our government is the legislative branch. And that's the closest we, we have to anything resembling democracy. But when you add the filibuster and states like Wyoming entitled to just as many senators as New York or California... You can clearly see what the real checks and balances are, okay? The checks and balances are set up to check the majority from having too much say in the affairs of state. That's systemic. That's just baked into this Constitution, which we, which we revere as a holy text. It's like, for some, it's the Bible, and it's what's keeping us in a constant state of immiseration. The balance of powers, the genius of the Constitution, is we're ruled by an elite few. That's the genius of the Constitution. The balance, the separations of power, is really between the government and the people. And when you see that a vast majority of Americans want Medicare for all, an assault weapons ban, and easy access to abortion, then it's obvious that the people have very little to say 
when it comes to what our government does and doesn't provide. All that being said, vote for Joe Biden. I'd rather have a pretense of a republic than no republic at all. I'm cynical, but I'm voting for Biden. Because I do think this country does get better with time. Things, are, things always get better. It appears that we're moving backwards, but we're always moving forward. And I do believe that, even though the labor movement uh, union membership is at a 100-year low. But, you know, in geologic time, <laughs> we're always moving forward and the moral arc of the universe is bending towards justice in geologic time. I'm very optimistic in geologic time. The, they want you to be depressed. They want you beaten down and tired. Don't give in to it. They, these people live for the fight. The right wing, th that's their raison d'etre, however it's pronounced. They live for the fight. So you've got to live for the fight. You've got to keep punching. I'm so tired of this. I, <laughs> they, they don't stop. It's, it's just like, it's like a, a rabid puppy. It's like you took a puppy home and it's got rabies and it's vicious, and it won't stop pissing and pooping and biting. And you look at the puppy, does it ever sleep? No. And, and that's what the Republican Party is. The White House says that on Friday, President Biden will announce the creation of an Office of Gun Violence Prevention. An Office of Gun Violence Prevention. So far this year, there have been 504 mass shootings in which four or more people have been injured or killed. And uh, we all want an assault weapons ban. And thanks to the Republicans. I mean, you know, when you say, is there a difference between the Democratic Party and the Republican Party? There is no question the Democrats want an assault weapons ban. And... Thanks to McConnell and thanks to McCarthy, the best we can do right now is an Office of Gun Violence Prevention inside the, the White House. Had Hillary been elected in 2016, she would have picked by now four Supreme Court justices, okay? So while all of you were bitching and moaning, oh, I, I wanted Bernie and he got cheated. And that's, you know, I thought that I wanted Bernie. But if you had voted for Hillary, she would have picked four, four Supreme Court justices. Be a different country right now. There'd be gun control, an eviction moratorium. There'd be... Citizens United would have been overturned. And what's the other thing? Oh, yeah. Roe v. Wade. OK, so as much as I bitch and moan about the Democrats, it's uh, there's a big difference between the Democrats and the Republicans. Uh, the Democrats don't do everything that I want them to do. The Republicans are Nazis. The Republicans are Nazis. 
and they're getting worse. It has now been 575 days since Russia illegally invaded Ukraine. The New York Times is now reporting that an explosion inside a market killing 16 Ukrainians was caused not by a Russian missile, as previously claimed, but rather by a Ukrainian missile that had gone off course. A Ukrainian spokesperson called the New York Times report nothing more than a conspiracy theory. U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin on Tuesday said European nations need to kick in and provide more air defense systems as Ukraine appears to be succeeding in shooting drones, Russian drones, out of the sky. He also said the Ukrainian army should be receiving a shipment of Abrams M1 tanks very soon. It is the end of September. So leaders from all over the world gather in New York. They do this every year in September to address the UN General Assembly. I know this because I live in New York and you can't get anywhere. At the end of September, every year, every world leader is making it impossible for me to get anywhere. But that's okay because it's all about world peace. So, you know, I can sit in traffic for eight hours for all the world peace that the UN is giving us. Ukrainian leader Vladimir Zelensky delivered a speech in which he called Russia evil, adding that Putin could not be trusted. In his 15-minute speech before the UN General Assembly, Zelensky accused Russians of committing genocide and war crimes. He also said that at least 16,000 Ukrainian children have been rounded up by Russian troops and brought back to Russia. President Biden also spoke before the UN on Tuesday to deliver a full-throated commitment to help Ukraine. But I ask you this, if we abandon the core principles of the United States to appease an aggressor, can any member state in this body feel confident that they are protected? If we allow Ukraine to be carved up, is the independence of any nation secure? I'd respectfully suggest the answer is no. We have to stand up to this naked aggression today and deter other would-be aggressors tomorrow. That's why the United States, together with our allies and partners around the world, will continue to stand with the brave people of Ukraine as they defend their sovereignty and territorial integrity and their freedom. Zelensky is scheduled to visit Washington, D.C. later this week to meet with Biden and Senate leaders. Here is Senate Minority Leader Republican Mitch McConnell reminding everyone that America's economy is a war economy, even though we're not technically at war with anyone. Uh, looking forward to seeing President Zelensky on Thursday. I think it's always good to remind everyone that a good portion of the money allocated to Ukraine is being spent in this country rebuild our industrial base. To make bombs. Uh, what McConnell is basically saying is that when we send billions of dollars in weapons to Ukraine, that's essentially a jobs bill for 
workers back here, uh, workers at Raytheon, Boeing, and all the other hardworking members of our beloved military, military industrialized complex. You know, I remember when we first started sending weapons to Ukraine and Biden paid a visit to a weapons plant in Alabama because he said he wanted to show Americans they have skin in the game. And by skin, he meant jobs. Like he was saying, this is essentially, you know, our sending weapons to Ukraine, this is good for our economy. It's like a stimulus package. It's like a jobs bill. Well, Republicans are split on Ukraine. They love Putin, but they also love war. McConnell is an old school Republican who doesn't care who we're killing overseas just as long as we're killing someone overseas. But in the Republican-controlled House of Representatives, there are a lot of far-right Putin sympathizers who see Putin as the last great white Christian hope, willing to crack down on the left, the liberals, and especially the LGBTQ community. Florida Congressman Byron Donalds is a Republican, and he's black. Back in January, he ran against Kevin McCarthy for speaker in the sixth or seventh round. I can't remember. But Donald's is a member of the Freedom Caucus who didn't initially support Kevin McCarthy as speaker. So here's what McCarthy does. He rewards his potential adversaries in the Republican Party by giving them choice assignments. Like he knew Marjorie Taylor Greene, who just got booted out of the Freedom Caucus because she was bought off by McCarthy. What he does is he looks around, who, who's going to make life difficult for me? And he's, oh, well, Marjorie Taylor Greene, she's trouble, so I'm going to give her choice committee assignments and even sometimes let her hold the speaker's gavel. There have been times where uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene has been a temporary speaker. Uh, Jim Jordan is trouble, right? He's one of the founding members of the Freedom Caucus. So McCarthy made him chairman of the House Judiciary Committee. And so he's sated. The pit bull Jim Jordan is sated. So he's obeying McCarthy. And right now, Kevin McCarthy is trying to keep his job. And he's attempting to hive Congressman Byron Donalds off the Freedom Caucus by letting Byron Donalds introduce the continuing resolution or the CR, as they call it, to make it sound more complicated than it is. So the CR, that means the continuing resolution. Our government's new fiscal year starts October 1st, and we need a budget to keep the government running after September 30th, and there's no budget. This happens every year, and every year we need a continuing resolution, a CR, right? It is a bill, a CR, a continuing resolution, is a, is a bill that provides funding for the government for another 30 days starting on October 1st, right? It's a resolution to continue funding the government, so it's called a continuing resolution, and the initials for that are CR. And because politicians in Washington like to talk in shorthand, they'll say CR, and that 
excludes most of us from understanding what we're paying for. They like to talk cryptically so we don't understand it and we stop paying attention. If you don't understand what a politician is saying, there's a reason for that. They don't want you participating in this. What does a CR mean? How dare they? How dare they talk that way? A CR, as though everybody doesn't have a job and they're glued to C-SPAN all day with a dictionary and a glossary looking up these terms. The way you exclude people is through language. Doctors use Latin, lawyers use Latin, and our politicians use shorthand so our eyes glaze over and we think, okay, just you do what you're going to do and I'm going to binge watch The Crown on Netflix, okay? Uh, it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable the language they use. It's what the, the military does this, you know, when they accidentally kill a family of five with a drone, they call it collateral damage. And we go, what is collateral damage? This is all, this is Orwellian shit. And it's unacceptable, the CR. It makes them sound smarter and more important than they really are. If you don't understand a word, ask what it means. They're, try they're hiding something from you, the CR or the continuing resolution. God damn it. Well, Byron Donalds, he's the congressman from Florida, Republican. McCarthy is courting him. He's Byron Donalds is with the Freedom Caucus. So McCarthy is trying to win him over. And so McCarthy asked Byron Donalds to introduce the CR or the continuing resolution that McCarthy wants passed. We need a continuing resolution, a stopgap, a short-term bill to fund the government from October 1st to November 1st. And then we're going to need another continuing resolution until they finally pass a full budget for 2024. That's why the fiscal year starts in October. So it gives Washington, D.C. about three months to iron out the appropriation bills. OK, so McCarthy wants to keep the, the government open. He does not want a shutdown. The Freedom Caucus wants to shut down the government because that's why they were sent to Washington, D.C. to destroy government. And anytime you can shut down the government for a day or a week or a month, they consider it a victory. And as expected, the, the CR, the continuing resolution, the short term funding bill that McCarthy wants passed is running into a lot of trouble thanks to pressure from the Freedom Caucus. Uh, the continuing resolution is not popular among the far-right MAGA crowd because it doesn't include any... Uh, it it uh, includes some funding for Ukraine, right? So the Freedom Caucus, like Matt Gates, they want to defund... Ukraine. They don't want to send any more money to Ukraine. And uh, 
And by the way, they're arguing over 30 days of funding. So when they say this continuing resolution has an 8% cut in spending, that only means an 8% cut in spending for 30 days. It's not the full budget that they're talking about. It's just a temporary stopgap measure to keep our government running for 30 days, okay? And the Freedom Caucus does not want to give any money to Ukraine because they're far-right MAGA Trump supporters who love Putin. Here is Byron Donalds. He's the black Republican congressman from Florida, member of the Freedom Caucus. McCarthy is courting him by letting him introduce the continuing resolution And here is Byron Donalds being asked about Zelensky's visit to Washington later this week. Uh, I mean, look, it's not a good time for him to be here, quite frankly. It's not a good time for him to be here, quite frankly. He went on to explain why. Uh, The first thing I'll tell you is there's no money in the house right now for Ukraine. It's just not it's not there. Um, you mean there's no support for money? No. And to be blunt, we're running a $2 trillion deficit. Any money we give to Ukraine, we're borrowing from our future. That's the facts. Those are the truth. You can, anybody, you feel how you want to feel about it. I'm here to tell you what's right and what's real. Well, you could also ask your corporate donors to pay taxes. Could do that. So we wouldn't be running a $2 trillion budget deficit this year if the people who donated to your campaign had to pay taxes. Meanwhile, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell is on the side of the Democrats. He wants the House to pass the continuing resolution and keep the government running for another 30 days. He does not want the government shut down. He thinks it's bad politics. Well, we're waiting to see what the House is going to do on a continuing resolution. I think all of you know I'm not a fan of government shutdowns. I've seen a few of them over the years. They never have produced a policy change, and they've always been a loser for Republicans uh, politically. Yeah. Republicans in the House have a five-seat majority. That's it. Which means the Freedom Caucus can blow up any budget deal. And if you can't get a budget deal out of the House of Representatives, you don't have a budget deal and the government's going to shut down. McCarthy, he can lose. uh, He loses five Republicans. There's no budget deal. So the Freedom Caucus can blow up any budget deal, which is making the prospect of a government shutdown likely. Most Republicans in the House don't want the shutdown. I talked about this on yesterday's show. They they are in danger. Republicans are in danger of losing the House in 2024. There are 12 congressional districts that are being redrawn by the courts right now. A majority of those 12 congressional districts favor Democrats. So it's likely that they're going to lose the House. And a lot of Republicans don't want to run on impeachment and they don't want to run on government shutdowns. 
So all it takes right now is five Republicans to shut the government down. Here is Republican Congressman Mike Lawler of New York. He's not a member of the Freedom Caucus. He's complaining about them. You keep running lunatics, you're going to be in this position. That's New York Congressman Mike Lawler calling people like Matt Gates, a lunatic. Go on, Congressman Lawler. This is not uh, conservative republicanism. This is stupidity. Whoa, whoa, where have you been? Conservative republicanism and stupidity have become synonymous. What, what you, you've been sleeping for 50 years? Please continue, New York Republican Congressman Lawler. Uh, the idea that we're going to shut the government down uh, when we don't control the Senate, we don't control the White House. These people can't define a win. They don't know how to take yes for an answer. Uh, it's a clown show. It's a clown show. Well, yes and no. See, uh, the Freedom Caucus are a bunch of deranged halfwits. They're psychotic. They're dangerous. They're fascists. They are filled with nothing but contempt for Washington and democracy. But at least they're honest. Whereas the rest of the Republican Party, they they believe everything the Freedom Caucus believes, but they don't really want to deliver that because that's a suicide pact. That is what the Republican Party is. They have a platform that they can't really implement because it would destroy America. So they like to pretend they want to remember what they kept. What they do, like they passed 100. They, they voted on repealing Obamacare 100 times when Trump was president. And whenever you asked, OK, you're going to get rid of Obamacare. What are you going to replace it with? And they'd say something better. And they go, OK, and what is it? It's going to be better. Trust us. It's going to be better. What they run on, they really don't want to deliver because it's not only going to destroy the country, it's also going to destroy their party. Like they overturn Roe v. Wade and now they're in trouble. They never really wanted to overturn Roe v. Wade. They just wanted to use it as a fundraising cudgel and a promise that they weren't going to keep. But the Federalist Society came along and they got us three judges who take this shit very seriously. They put three judges on the Supreme Court in the Trump administration. And Trump said, really? They, they're really going to get rid of Roe v. Wade? So at least the Freedom Caucus is honest. The same way, in many ways, Trump is kind of sort of honest, right? You know, he just ripped the Band-Aid off and showed us who the Republican Party really is. So I don't like Matt Gates, But when people say the Freedom Caucus, they don't know what they want, that's disingenuous. The Freedom Caucus has been very clear about what they want. They want to destroy, <laughs> they want to destroy this country. They, they want a, uh, but I'm being serious here. It's, it's McCarthy. McCarthy just wants power. You know, he doesn't care about America. Uh, 
He doesn't care enough about America to want to destroy it the way the Freedom Caucus does. So what does the Freedom Caucus want? They want a government shutdown because they want to shut government down permanently, which is pretty much the Republican platform. That's what Trump is promising. His second term is he's going to reverse the administrative state and bring it back to pre-Roosevelt. That's the plan. Vivek Ramaswamy said, if elected president, because he's running to be Trump's vice president, he said, I will fire 75% of the federal workforce. He said, in my first term, 50% of all federal workers will be fired. Something like 3 million Americans work for the federal government through the executive branch. That's their job plan, is to fire the uh, the federal workers. Uh, but they're not going to do that. They, they, they wouldn't do that. They, they, they want to trim the federal government slowly and turn those jobs over to private contractors, their friends who charge 100 times more to do the same job with worse results. That's how, it, you know, Halliburton. Remember Halliburton or McKinsey or Booz Allen? They... they they take over government jobs and charge 100 times more to do it, and they do the job a lot worse. So I disagree with the Freedom Caucus, but they know what they want. They want a government shutdown, and anytime you can shut the government down, it's good. If they can shut the government down for a week or two, that satisfies their donors. Here is Florida Congressman. Republican Matt Gates, who not only wants to shut down the government, he wants to shut down Kevin McCarthy. We will likely have to endure some degree of a shutdown. He's there he goes. He's saying there's going to be a shutdown. So he wants to get rid of McCarthy. He wants to shut the government down for as long as possible. Matt Gates and the Freedom Caucus. They want to stop funding the war in Ukraine because Putin is the white Christian savior. They want to protect Donald Trump from Jack Smith. So they want to defund special counsel Jack Smith's office. So his investigations shut down. Now, you can't do that. It's unconstitutional. It, it can't be done. But that's what they claim they want in the budget, to defund the the Justice Department, and he wants the budget, and this is kind of interesting, he wants the budget to be passed the way Kevin McCarthy promised it would be passed in order to get some of the Freedom Caucus to vote for him. To get the votes back in January to become Speaker, Kevin McCarthy promised that when it came time to putting together a budget, they would vote on each federal agency separately. There would be separate appropriations bills for each federal agency. Uh, there, according to McCarthy, according to the deal he made with members of the Freedom Caucus for their votes, he promised separate appropriations bills for, say, and I'm kind of exaggerating here, but this is the, the, the gist of it, a, a separate appropriations bill for the Department of Labor, and then a separate appropriations bill for the Environmental Protection Agency, and so forth. This appeals to 
the fiscal hawks in the Republican Party who want to be able to look at each individual agency and then vote on the budget for each individual agency instead of it being wrapped into an appropriate, I think they're like 12 appropriations bills and they, they put like labor and EPA and the Department of Education into one and you know, there's a separate run for the defense, but he, he, the Freedom Caucus wants to sever the budget and each agency has to defend its spending. They're called single subject spending bills. That's what the Republicans are calling it. Single subject spending bills. Are we going to vote on uh, the NIH? Okay, we're going to vote on their budget, not the NIH and the DEA and the Department of Labor all lumped together. I mean, if it weren't coming from the Freedom Caucus, it almost sounds reasonable. It does. It'd be nice to have a conversation about how we fund all these departments and try to get more money for them. Uh, it's, it's a reasonable idea Unfortunately, it's coming from sociopaths like Matt Gates, who dodged a bullet and somehow the Justice Department didn't prosecute him for trafficking underaged girls, bringing them to Washington, D.C. for sex and drugs, like his friend who is now doing time. His friend is going, why aren't why aren't you prosecuting Matt? Gates? Oh, yeah, he's a congressman. Well, anyway, here is. More of Matt Gates explaining why there's going to be a government shutdown. The deal we made in January compels single subject spending bills where each agency comes forward and defends their budget. And those would be bills that would be open to amendment. That's what the American people want to see. And that's the only way we're actually going to get to the type of substantive review that yields actual results. 8% cut, 1% cut, 2% cut. This is not the work of a serious legislative body. Okay, so he talked about the single subject spending bills, which I, I'm trying to understand why the government's about to shut down. So single subject spending bills, not unreasonable, right? Not unreasonable. Matt Gates then took to the floor of the House to announce that he will not support the CR, the continuing resolution, or the Donald, he'll sometimes he'll refer to it as the Donald's CR. That would be Byron Donald's, the congressman who introduced the continuing resolution. So they've been calling it the Donald's CR. Like anyone is supposed to understand that. But that's what the Donald's CR means. It's the bill that McCarthy once passed to give the government 30 days of money it's a continuing resolution, but they're calling it the Donald CR because Byron Donalds from the Freedom Caucus introduced it. Take it away, Matt Gates. Mr. Speaker, I'm not voting for a continuing resolution. I'm not voting to continue the failure and the waste and the corruption and the election interference, and in some cases, the efforts that could lead this country into World War III. Okay, we keep hearing about World War III. Donald Trump said it was going to be World War II, which sounds a lot worse. 
World World War Three sounds more anodyne than another. When Trump said Biden's going to lead us into World War Two, I thought not that again. Can't World War Three can't be as bad as World War Two? What they mean by World War Three is funding Ukraine. They don't want to fund Ukraine, and so it's going to lead to World War Three. He continues to attack Donald Cr. Not. Donald Trump CR. This is Byron Donald's continuing resolution. Uh, he introduced the continuing resolution that McCarthy wants passed. Here we go. The Donald CR is a permission slip for Jack Smith to continue his election interference as they are trying to gag the president, the former president of the United States, and the leading contender for the Republican nomination. Okay. Talked about defunding Jack Smith, the special counsel. So he's carrying right here. He's carrying Donald Trump's water. Well, uh, and he doesn't want to fund Ukraine. So for anybody to accuse Matt Gates and the Freedom Caucus of not knowing what they want, they've made it pretty clear. Uh, they're more honest than McCarthy. McCarthy just wants power. That's all he wants. Congressman Jim McGovern is a Democrat. Oh, we have more from Matt Gates. Hang on. I oppose the CR authored by my friend and colleague from Florida, Byron Donalds. The Donald CR continues the Ukraine policy negotiated by Speaker Pelosi and Mitch McConnell in the omnibus that conservatives were against. Okay. Congressman Jim McGovern is a Democrat from Massachusetts. I like him. And he is a ranking member of the Rules Committee. He is the ranking member of the Rules Committee. Ranking member means that if the Democrats win back the House, he will most likely be the chairman. When you hear the term ranking member, it means he's not the chair because Republicans control the House. So all committees are chaired by Republicans, but he is the ranking member. So he speaks for the Democrats on the committee. He's like the minority leader of the committee. That's what ranking member means. They always assume we know this shit, right? And it, and it just pushes people away. He and Matt Gates are complete and polar opposites. And yet here is Congressman Jim McGovern voicing support for an amendment introduced by Matt Gates to the defense spending bill. Uh, Mr. Speaker, I rise in support of a bipartisan amendment that is made in order uh, and will be offered by Representative Gates and Jacobs to prohibit the transfer of cluster munitions. Since 2009, the United States has refused to use, produce, transfer, or uh, sell cluster munitions. And as a nation, we could take pride in this decision. Cluster munitions are indiscriminate weapons. They explode when touched by a soldier, a farmer, or a child. They contaminate an entire field of combat, and they remain a deadly threat long past the end of a conflict. Rain and other events can move them from where they first landed to who knows where. And yet, the Biden administration recently chose to send cluster munitions to Ukraine. I condemn Russia's use of cluster munitions against Ukraine. But two evils do not add up to a greater good. The United States should not have provided cluster munitions to Ukraine, and this amendment is necessary to ensure such a transfer does not happen again. 
King. On Tuesday, a model accused Russell Brand of stalking her, demanding sex back in 2005. The BBC has pulled all video of Russell Brand from their archives. YouTube announced that all Russell Brand's channels have now been demonetized. A pub owned by Russell Brand in Great Britain has now been closed and surrounded by security fencing. All this after Britain's Channel 4 and the London Times report that Russell Brand has been accused of raping, sexually assaulting, and abusing at least four women, including a 16-year-old girl. As I reported yesterday, several leading conservatives have rushed to Russell Brand's defense. We talked about Tucker Carlson. He said, criticize the drug companies, question the war in Ukraine, and you can be pretty sure this is going to happen. Very dismissive of these credible allegations. This is from, uh, is it Andrew Tate? I think it's Andrew Tate who is serving, who is on trial in Romania for trafficking uh, women and I believe rape. I believe. I want to make sure I get that right. This is what Andrew Tate said. Welcome to the club, Russell. I'm on my way to fight the crazy bitch allegations. That's how he refers to... uh, (laughs) being accused of rape and human trafficking, the crazy bitch allegations. And then Elon Musk, who I'm beginning to believe is a lot more dangerous than we realize. I'm going to talk about him tomorrow. He is very dangerous. He wrote I on Twitter, he said, I support Russell Brand. The man is not evil. All this canceling must stop. Uh, again, I, as I said yesterday, what does being charged with rape have to do with the cancel culture? Well, I'll tell you in a second. Here is InfoWars' Alex Jones coming to the defense of Russell Brand. And now because he comes out against Big Pharma, he comes out against the globalist, he comes out against the New World Order, suddenly the allegations are happening to him. Right. So when I'm not trying to laugh, be funny here, but when I see uh, Alex Jones, Andrew Tate, uh, uh, what's his name, Tucker Carlson coming to Russell Brand's defense, Elon Musk coming to Russell Brand's defense, you know, character witnesses, uh, I think, hmm, okay. That's who your character witnesses are. Everybody's innocent till proven guilty. Uh, But the way uh, these conservatives rush to defend him, uh, very, uh, very suspect. Megyn Kelly, some of you might remember Megyn Kelly. She hates the cancel culture because she herself was canceled over something she said Okay, you get canceled for something you say, you get arrested for something you do. I don't know why that's so hard for the right wing to understand. But being accused of rape doesn't mean you're being canceled. It means you're being tried in a court of law. 
Well, Megyn Kelly hates the cancel culture. She's been canceled. She was fired from NBC News after defending blackface. Over at Fox News before that, she made a career attacking Black Lives Matter while insisting Jesus and Santa were white. She's usually cool and unflappable, but here she is biting back at her beloved conservative movement that more and more each day seems to be getting hijacked by men who clearly hate women, who want to get rid of abortion, contraception, and no-fault divorce. This has become a party of men, white men, who believe women should be home making babies and no-fault divorce. That's the most bizarre ask that I've heard. No-fault divorce where women don't have a right to get a divorce if they want one. They have to stay in an abusive relationship. When you ask these Republican men who are taking over, who have taken over the party, women should not be allowed to file for divorce. It's always been there in the GOP with Phyllis Schlafly, And now, however, it's just bubbled up to the surface. There's no more camouflage. Now, conservative Republican men are openly admitting they think a woman and her body belongs to them. Here is Megyn Kelly on her serious radio show, slowly realizing that everything she believes is completely wrong, and she's surrounded by and always has been surrounded by right-wing deviants. Here she is coming to the realization. Realize that the knee-jerk instinct now by so many is Russell Brand is wrongly accused. These women are all liars. I'm sorry, this is extremely detailed. And in the case of the other woman, there's an actual set of medical records after she went to a rape crisis center the day of the alleged encounter, plus apologetic begging for forgiveness text from Russell Brand. Could you please for a second stay open-minded to the possibility that the women are telling the truth? We don't need to so overcorrect from the Me Too movement that every woman gets completely disregarded and called a liar when she finds the guts to come forward and make an allegation. They may be telling the truth. It's worth investigating. We don't need to knee-jerk condemn him, and we don't need to knee-jerk condemn them. I'm just pissed because what I've seen is like a rash of guys coming out to be like, it's bullshit. You don't know whether it's bullshit or not. Did you read the report of this woman? Did you read the rape, the alleged rape details? Did you read the text message that she has from Russell Brand begging for forgiveness? There's at least enough for us to want more facts. That's it. This from a woman whose career was made by the rapist Roger Ailes over at Fox News. All her success flows from rapist Roger Ailes. And in her defense, she eventually came around and refused to testify on behalf of Roger Ailes. But like many, many women and other Fox News anchor people, Everybody knew Roger Ailes was a rapist, that it was a rape culture at Fox News, and Megyn Kelly pretty much kept her mouth shut. And all of a sudden, she's realizing 
after spending all those years at Fox News, all of a sudden she's realizing, wait a second, maybe this whole conservative movement is just a bunch of rapists. And it just doesn't stop with women. It, it's the planet. It's, it's the environment and our economy. And she's having this brief moment of clarity where she's had it with men and the rapists. But a little later on, she'll look at her paycheck, realize who pays her salary, and she'll come to her senses, as they usually do. The Republicans, the right wing, they usually put money first, and they come to their senses. I'm David Feldman reminding you to stay strong and protect the weak. 